Next on BYU Sports Nation, what does the Fox say about BYU hoops next season? And did the Cougars make Lenardi's bracketology for next year? President Coach Steve Cleveland pops into Studio B. What impact will Zach Selius make on the 2017-2018 Cougar Hoopsters? Plus, baseballer Keaton Kringling gets another national award, and a former Cougar will lead out in the Masters. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Let's do it. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, April 5th. I am Jerem Jordan. Spencer is out today putting together a swing set, which means BYU baseball meteorologist Jason Shepard is in the house. Uh, My forecast for today's show, sunny with a chance of awesome. (laughs) And meatballs. (laughs) Last night, uh, the the Cardinals, uh, your St. Louis Cardinals, yes. Stephen Piscotti, the what, right fielder? Yes. He, he, or as my son calls him, Spaghetti. Spaghetti? Stephen right. Spaghetti. Bo? But that's fine. Bo, Bo yes. Does. My six-year-old. Okay, so uh, Piscotti gets hit at the plate okay, on his right elbow. He then, he then slides into second later and gets hit in the <laughs> other, other elbow. Other elbow. And then when he came home, he got hit in the head. All of this was, which is sad, right? That's not funny. The funny part, though, is that it was synced up to Scott Sterling. Beautifully, by the way. And it is amazing. If you haven't seen this, it's really funny. I tweeted out a link. You've got to see it. See, I was watching the game live. Of course you were. And so, you know, a a batter getting hit is no big deal. Right. That happens all the time. Thank goodness it was, you know, nothing serious. He took his base. And then when he got hit the second time, sliding into second, like, wow, what are the odds? Little did you know that that wasn't even the craziest part. Because, and thank goodness for batting helmets. Oh, well, because it's a running hit, helmet at that point. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it hit in the the, the ear flap. Basically, yeah. is where it hit him. the The thought of him, the the odds of the same person in the same sequence of an at bat. Getting hit three times, That's like nonsense. astronomical. Oh my goodness! And it was. Synced up to Scott Sterling, and it was really funny. We hope Piscotti's okay. Uh, but, yeah, anytime you can sync it up with Scott Sterling, I think that's... Yeah, whoever did that, it, the edit was perfect. It was, yeah, somebody in Ohio yeah, did it. Well done. Yeah, well really, done. Really funny. Let's get to today's headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Every time I hear that music, I want to enter my initials in NBA Jam. Every time. <laughs> Keaton Kringlin earned his third National Player of the Week award. Wow. As his best week ever continues. And the pitch to Kringlin hit pretty well. Deep left field. Left fielder going back. Looking up. It's a home run by Kringlin. (laughs) His second of the ball game. And the Cougars now lead 7-1 over the Gales. Voice of the Cougars on the radio, Brent Norton. Couldn't believe it either, right? You heard it in his voice. Four homers last week. BYU won all four games. He was amazing. So he won baseball, uh, college he won baseball, baseball magazine. No, he, he won, just won baseball. He won baseball. <laughs> I called him yesterday the greatest player in college baseball right now. And college sports madness. Now he's the National College Baseball Writers Player of the Week as well, which there's, there's a lot of prestige in that one. Uh, congratulations to Keaton. He went eight for 14, four homers, 14 RBIs for the week. 
when uh, when Keaton comes out uh, for batting practice before he gets into the cage, he'll always look at me and say, "Laser show." Like he's about to put on a show. Yeah. He's the Dustin Pedroia. Uh, he put on a laser show Absolutely. Saturday without question. BYU softball is ranked 22nd in the latest coaches poll. Softball plays in Logan today versus Utah State. You can check it out on BYU Radio at 6 Eastern time. BYU leads the all-time series over the Aggies 35-2. to That's pretty good. They're also currently on a 15-game winning streak. I believe the Aggies are 23-8 and or something like that. So this is a much better Utah State team. So good uh, matchup, 6 Eastern BYU Radio has mentioned. Listen to this. Fox Sports included BYU basketball in its 2017-18 way-too-early top 25. What? Well done. At number 22. Huh? BYU, uh, BYU says, or Fox says, that if BYU has Eric Mika, BYU should start in the top 25. They're the only publication that thinks this, which is interesting, okay? Then there's the other side of this. BYU not mentioned in ESPN's uh, Joe Lenardi's first bracketology of next season, okay? Lenardi does have Gonzaga as a three seed, St. Mary's out as a five. More on this outlandish <laughs> topic coming up in What's Trending. Or is it outlandish? Or is it? Mm. Daniel Summerhays will be in the opening group at the Masters tomorrow. How about nice. that? He's set to tee off at his first Masters at 8 Eastern. In case you're wondering, Mike Weir will also tee off two groups behind him at 8.22 Eastern time That's tomorrow. really cool. In fact, we'll we'll uh, discuss that in what's or uh, big deal, no deal. Mike Weir, of course, won the 2003 Masters, a BYU alumnus. Utah's own awesome. Mike Weir. Utah's own. That's exactly right. Draper's own. Provo's own. Rise and shout. Let's <laughs> talk for what's trending. Brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. You can't handle the truth, or can you? We just told you Fox Sports thinks BYU, with Eric Mika, is a top 25 team going into next year. Then there's everybody else that thinks they're nowhere close, right? (laughs) Which brings us to today's Twitter question. Which projection is closer to reality? Fox's BYU's a preseason top 25? Or Lunardi's BYU misses the tourney and why? Well, he's not saying they missed the tourney per se, right? He's saying they're not in to start the season. So, we're, yeah, we're talking about to start this season next year, is BYU a top 25 team or not? What's closer to reality? Uh, first tweet coming in from at Laser Sheep. Leaning toward Lenardi, because even if BYU focused on nothing but defense, teams just seem to have their best games against BYU. Well, that's not everybody. You're just thinking of the losses. It just feels right? that way. Yeah, it just feels that way. It's not actual reality. Yeah. Which this brings us, by the way, to our stat of the day. Oh, that's quick. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Speaking of BYU being ranked, the last time BYU Hoops was ranked was March 29th of 2011. Mm, That was a long time ago, the end of Jimmer Fredette's senior season. Yeah, they were 13th in the coaches poll. That was six years and six days ago. 2,199 days. Look, it's hard to be ranked. Uh, just getting to the tourney is the goal for BYU. It's not to be a top 25 team. It's not even to be a single-digit seed per se, right? It's just to get into that tourney. You'd like to avoid Dayton, blah, blah, blah. What's closer to reality? Lenardi. BYU doesn't deserve to be a top 25 team. Maybe they'll play their way into the, into the top 25 or something. But it's really hard to get ranked. St. Mary's was ranked all year, and they were a seventh seed. Their reward was playing Arizona in the second round. I mean, it is difficult. All of this is contingent, by the way, of Eric Mika yes, coming back. If a- Eric Mika is not on the team, not only are you not ranked, you're hoping just to make the tourney. I mean, that would be really nice because it's going to be a two-bid league 
will BYU be the third bid? Okay, so which one is more realistic? Since Fox Sports is telling me what I want to hear, I'm going with them. Oh, come on! Jaron, back to you. What does the Fox no. say? No, they no, say no. number 22. No, seriously, though. Until we know what Eric Meek, and you just mentioned it, until we know what he's doing, it's very difficult to know what's more realistic. With that said, until Mika says he's officially gone, everything that I'm going to forecast... Meteorologist? Is, yes, to, to tie it in. I'm going to plan on him returning. Okay. So because of that... And the additions coming back, I actually would lean towards Fox's top 25 pick. Really? Why can't this team be a top 25 pick? The talent? Preseason? Why can't they? Why can't they? Because they the, don't deserve it. The talent is there. These players have a year under their belt of playing together, right? We've even it heard. It doesn't e- mean they should be in the top 25. We've even heard ESPN broadcasters multiple times during the games say, this is a top 25 team next season. Why can't they be ranked? It is not that crazy of a prediction. I understand we're coming off a season where BYU fans were disappointed with the way it played out, that expectations were so high, rightly so or not, that the end result just did not live up to it. So I totally understand that nobody right now wants to hear that. It's like, look what they just did. It's not a crazy prediction. It really isn't. It, no, it is. It is nuts because this team could play its way. I'm not saying they can't be top 25 during the season. They do not deserve to be a preseason top 25 team. I don't even know you Who's anymore. Who's the most credible bracketologist? Tell me that. Um, and it's not. Who's our guy from uh, NYC Buckets? <laughs> <laughs> For the NIT? How dare you! It's Joe Lenardi of ESPN, it's right? Lenardi. He it's is Lenardi. the bra- and he the says he says not only is BYU not even a top twenty-five team, essentially they are not even smelling the tournament. BYU does not deserve to be a preseason top twenty-five team. I do think that if the BYU learns from its mistakes, if they change their defensive philosophy, if Zach Selyus injects what we hope he can on this team, Eric Mika comes back. What? Yeah, maybe maybe they get into the top 25. I still think that's a little nuts. Being top 25 is really good. You don't have to be top 25 to be a good team and make a run in the tourney, right? But preseason, no way, man. Fox is crazy. But I love it because it gave us a trending topic today. Our, our Twitter question again, which projection is closer to reality? Fox says BYU is a preseason top 25 or Lenardi saying BYU misses the tourney. Why? Uh, let's head to the Twitter machine. At one bald Cairo doc. I'm not sure. All I know is when Scott Sterling replaces Mika, <laughs> it's going to be one wackadoodle season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At Soda Coog, depends if Mika comes back or not. Yeah, absolutely. This is a top 25 team with him. Eh, but without him, I think they will have a similar season to this last one. Listen. So you honestly believe that it is so far-fetched to even consider them being a top 25 team preseason? Yes. What, what's the greatest indicator of the future? It's the present, right? BYU brings back a lot of these guys. They lost a first-round game in the NIT, took third in their league, and lost in the semifinals of their conference tournament. They do not deserve to be top 25. They were one of only two teams to beat Gonzaga all year long. <laughs> you and your transitive <laughs> national championships. No, that, listen, that w- I'll, I'll, I'll show you I'll 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 hear your BYU Gonzaga and, I'll and the national you. championship team are the only teams to beat Gonzaga. You can't 
tell me that a team that lost to UVU and Pepperdine and Santa Clara and UT Arlington deserves to be in the top 25 the next year. That's not saying BYU's not good or could could be good. Talent, so talent, so talent-wise, though, you do not believe from a talent perspective. As currently constituted, no. They could develop into such. Injuries happen. Attrition happens. Is Eric Mika even going to be back here? Yes, he is. We sure hope just, so, right? Just positive, power of positive yeah. thinking. I always have a great purpose at the beginning of each month now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Keep the tweets coming. Use the hashtag BYUSN and tweet in. Which projection is closer to reality? Fox says BYU is a preseason top 25 team. I can't even say that without smiling. Or Lenardi's BYU missing the tourney. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in. Because... This listen, Fox's angle is so blue goggled. Like it is the most blue goggled. Yeah, because hoops for because decades. Fox is so in, <laughs> in, you know, in with BYU, right? What you'd think that the ESPN <laughs> guy would be, but no, he's straight up. Like Lenardi says, he did his first projection. It's all this is clearly not way too early. By the way, the season ended. Clearly, so what this time. is is Joe Lenardi has thought. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna motivate BYU by doing this. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's been doing it for a while. Coming up, what did North Carolina take from BYU Monday? But first, President Coach Steve Cleveland, what does he think of this madness? We'll ask him. What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Indeed. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. It's a game day for BYU softball on the road at Utah State today, 6 p.m. Eastern. Listen on BYU Radio. Bat, the, uh, the Lady Bat Cats? What do we, we need a nickname for them, too. You know what I'm saying? You can't just. It has to. It has I, I to be organic. Has, yeah. Well, I was, we need to find out what they would like. What would they as a like? Name. Yeah. We'll we'll ask them. What would point. they like us to organically call them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> Twitter question: Which projection is closer to reality? Fox Sports saying BYU's preseason top twenty-five team in hoops, or Lenardi, Joe Lenardi of ESPN saying BYU misses the misses the tournament as of. His first projection, right? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Twig Earstone, if Mika comes back, preseason top 25 is possible. Preseason top 25 is on potential. One of two teams to beat the Zags equals lots of potentials. I love. I how- can't just ignore the <laughs> losses and just look at Gonzaga. I'm looking at the whole no, resume, no, 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 no. right? You're choosing to do that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Here, I got some goggles for you. Let's welcome in Steve Cleveland, the present coach Steve Cleveland, back on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. What, what do you think of this, this uh, outlandish topic we're discussing? Does BYU deserve to be a top 25 preseason team? First of all, as we mentioned a moment ago, what exactly does Fox know about anything dealing with basketball? <laughs> oh, <laughs> baseball, bring in the heat! Baseball, football. We're hoping I to think, bring on a guest in the future. Yeah, <laughs> do we have any affiliations with Fox here? <laughs> Nothing I know. <laughs> we don't have them anymore. Uh, you know, here's the deal. I, I think we need to be more concerned about where the team finishes rather than the preseason. I, sure. I have a hard time figuring out why, other than the fact they are talented, but usually preseason is based upon what you did and who you have coming back rather than just who you have. 
and, and talent is never enough. We know that. So I would say that's a little premature. And all that does immediately is start jacking up the expectations again. And right now, I think that's the last thing this team in this program needs. Yeah, it went really well last year. So yeah. let's do it again this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, before we really get into the the BYU stuff for today, let's go back to the championship game. What did you what did you think of the uh, the national championship game? Which obviously North Carolina won over Gonzaga. So that. I did pick North Carolina. I felt good about that. Most of the other picks were not very successful. I didn't have a great bracket this year. <laughs> but I did pick Carolina because I'd been back there, and I mentioned it before. We went back there for about 10 days and watched them play. And I liked their team. I liked their length. I knew their length and athleticism and ability to rebound the ball offensively would make a difference. And when we talked about this before, I felt like – Joel Berry would be the X factor, and he was the X factor. I mean, he made big baskets when they needed him. It was an ugly game to watch, hard fought. I think the most touching thing for me, uh, and I've obviously watched a lot of these, but the interview with Nigel Williams-Goss at the end was as special and authentic and as any, any interview I've ever seen. I mean, the hurt and the pain and, and, and the, it's just the sincerity of that young man. And I love when Mark Few talked about his team and talked about these are good students, these are good people, and, and it's a privilege for me to, to be with them. So I think all of us wanted Gonzaga to win that thing, but at the end of the day, North Carolina just made one more play. And we knew it was going to end like that, and when it came down to athleticism and getting an offensive rebound, North Carolina's kind of proven they could do that. So it wasn't, it wasn't aesthetically that, that pretty to look and watch until the last three minutes. It was funny when with a group of guys, all of a sudden we get excited the last three and a half minutes. <laughs> Baskets are actually being made, going back and forth, but we waited a long time to get that feeling in that game. Gonzaga with its greatest season ever, of course, going to the national championship game, which was fun to watch. St. Mary's expected to be right there, coach. And then where does BYU fit in that mix? Because we discussed yesterday, St. Mary's uh, a preseason top 25 kind of club as well. Do you think BYU can crack the top two? You know, yes. I think to crack the top two, you have to split with St. Mary's. I mean, they proved they can split with Gonzaga three years in a row. And so you've, you've, you've got to beat St. Mary's at home. And then I think, I think more important than anything is that I, I know Coach Rose pretty well. And, and I've not had conversations with him recently, so none of this is based upon something I know. But just my experiences with him, there are going to be changes. And, and not just defensively. I, I think he'll look at this group. They made some midseason changes and tried to go more inside out with Mika and all of those things. And at times it worked and at times it didn't. There was frustration and there was inconsistency. But I, I just know in my heart that you're going to see different kind of basketball next year at the defensive end, at the offensive end. Players are going to know their roles. It's going to be very well-defined what a good shot is and what isn't a good shot. They're on the road recruiting. Uh, it, there'll be some additions, and you've mentioned earlier that Zach Salius is back, and, uh, and, I, and I think he'll have an immediate impact in the program because he can play the four, and he can, play, he can stretch. He can play the small, the small four against a lot of teams, certainly in this league, and, and, and probably in the preseason as well. And when you put four shooters out there with his experience, it'll take him a while to come back. I think that is probably his best recruit of the spring was having him come back. As difficult as it is, because I know just being with missionaries, going home is never an easy thing. Uh, but I, I think it's the decision's been made. It moved forward. He, did, you know, he went out and served well, and, and now he's going to come home and, and have a major contribution to this team next year. Speaking of decisions, the one decision that all BYU basketball fans are waiting on is ultimately to find out if Eric Mika decides to stay in the draft 
or come back to BYU? And there's just going to take time before that question is answered. But how much does that decision significantly change your opinion on what this team can accomplish next year? Does it significantly change what you think they can do if he's here or if he's gone? If they don't replace him, yes. With, you know, I mean, if they bring in a 6'8 or a 6'9 junior college transfer that's played 60 games, um, is there someone out there, a fifth-year senior? I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions before we can use the word, is there a significant loss? Certainly, it will be a loss. It, but you can fill that void with additional recruits, improved play, change the culture defensively. A lot of those things can make up for a loss like Mika. Now, they, they certainly, if they have him, uh, you feel like, you know what, they can go. This is a team that not only can finish, I believe, in the top two, but we can get to the tournament and maybe win a game. Because no one really understands, uh, unless you've played this game or coached this game, how difficult it is to, to have that many young players. And I know that it that comes off somewhat as an excuse, but the fact is they were very young. Coach Rose has never had a team like this. I mean, when I left, there was a lot of players in the program, experienced players, and he molded them and brought them together. And that first year was probably, uh, it was an NIT year, but still there were players there that had been through it a little bit. And so I think we look at this group and we say, you know what, it wasn't perfect. They still won 22 games. Uh, They did beat Gonzaga at Gonzaga, so we see the potential. But I think with system changes, maybe an additional recruit or two, and having Zach Sevius come back, and if Mika stays, it's a very special team. It'll be a lot of hard work this summer. But I I trust Coach Rose in the fact that I can just tell from facial expressions and comments that inside things are turning. And when they get back, and they probably are back now, you're going to see a lot of work put in in the spring and the summer to change the culture defensively, and I think even offensively, to make sure everyone going from the get-go understands their role. BYU uh, has one too many guys projected for scholarships going into next year. There's always transfers. There's always something you don't expect, right? So it evens itself out. Right. But with the JC guys, like you talked about, Aren't all the really good – I mean, there's diamonds in the rough for sure, but aren't all the really good ones already taken up at this point? It's kind of a difficult timing situation, it, it right? Is a, it is a difficult timing situation. And I talked about this the other day with, with some friends, and you know, the transfer situation now starts brewing, and, and especially with senior transfers. And everybody I, – I mentioned this the other day, but you know, the most important 30 days in – all of the year for college basketball is March. You know, and there's a lot of disinterest. With the casual fan, people aren't really paying attention, but everybody. I mean, grandma has a bracket. Uh, <laughs> the nine-year-old has a bracket. Everybody's focused. And I think when transfers are taking place, whether they're from junior colleges, Division One, or seniors that uh, – or people that – young men that have graduated, they're all looking for a place where they can be and get that exposure in March. And I think the fact that BYU's been to the tournament eight times in the last 12 years, the fact that that they're probably going to be back into the tournament, bodes well for them in terms of the transfer business as well. Because that's that's where people want to go. They don't want to transfer somewhere where they're not going to get that exposure with the dream of playing in the NBA or playing in Europe. So I I think there's some things that we'll see evolve. I think it's too soon right now to, to know what significant losses are and what they aren't. But I, I know this, there will be significant changes okay, in terms of how the game is played. That I do know. Hmm. Of those players who are coming back that we know of for sure, who do you think is poised to 
take the biggest leap? Well, he'll, he'll be given way more responsibility, especially if Mika leaves, and that's Yoli. Uh, I, I think that uh, he'll spend. He needs to spend the spring and the summer, obviously, continuing to work on his low post moves. Because, he can, but his perimeter skills. He, he needs to work on those perimeter skills because if Mika does come back, if he could develop. Right now, it's Mika stepping out and hitting that 17 to 18 footer. But if Yoli can step out, so I think that the maturity of how to play the game defensively, how to stay out of foul trouble, I think all those lessons he's learned, and I think everything's going to be ratcheted up a little bit in terms of strength and conditioning, in terms of expectations in the off season, and especially in the sense of who's going to be the leaders of this team, who's going to step up. Is this going to be a player-led team, or will continue just to be a coach-led team? And I think when it becomes a player-led team, uh, you, you, the, the sky's the limit, and there's a ceiling is much higher. When you look at the talent that BYU brings back, there's a, there's a lot of guys there. Um, how did you balance the need to have a good scheme with personnel? Because a lot of coaches talk about, oh, yeah, we have to cater to the personnel, obviously. Yet, Dave Rose has this five-slamma-jamma, high-powered offense that's been successful. Yeah. Yet, the last couple of years, the defensive end has you know, needed a little bit of work. So how do you balance that? You know, I think first of all, offensively, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna play with a lot of pace on misses, and I think the, the shots need to be defined, and and players need to be defined. Literally, you know, we 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 talk about hey, you know what? Right now, you're at the point where I, I trust you to take that mid range shot in transition, or we want to go in the low post, but keep working on the perimeter because that that's until you prove to me in practice you can make that shot on a regular basis, I'm probably not going to have you take that early in the shot clock. I mean, we're just not going to do that. So certain guys would have the green light early in the shot clock, but others would not. And and you define those things, and you talk about those, not in a demeaning way, but just this is where we are. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do to make, to be the sum of our parts? How can we be the best together in in terms of all the talent? And so those things will be established this summer and in in the preseason. I I think also that... uh, I think everything that they do in strength and conditioning, everything that they do has to have something to do with a stance defensively. <laughs> and, and, and I think you develop that culture by talking about it. And I know they will. I'm not talking about things they won't do. But I, I think that you know, offensively, I think, I think that you're going to see a, maybe, maybe a little more of a system involved in makes and dead balls where we make sure that we get what we want to get and we execute and we set good screens and get shots rather than giving them the same freedom you get on misses. Because then it just comes, it just turns into a single ball screen and let's go make a play. And if you don't have as good a players as they do, it, you don't win. And so I think, I, I think Coach Rose got a great mind for the game. We played that way a little bit when I was here because we didn't have the talent level early on. But I got really comfortable as a coach on misses, we're going to push it, and on makes, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to run something that's defined, has a role, looking for a specific person, and then at the end, then you use the ball screens rather than just starting from the beginning. Yeah, at the end of the shot clock, and, and when there's start, desperation, e- right? exactly. And yeah. so I think there's going to be some more definition to that. And again, it does not come from any conversation I had. Just knowing this coaching staff, I feel like uh, we're going to see those changes. Well, you you've mentioned what you you expect this off season to be a little different, and realizing that obviously, unless you win the national championship game, every time team ends on a disappointing loss. With that said, though, heading into a, an offseason where you're feeling pretty good about things versus heading into an offseason where you realize you probably didn't live up to maybe your own expectations, how, how, are, how do you manage those two different scenarios in an offseason? Well, you have, you have your player meetings. 
You have your team meetings. You're going to be together a lot during the summer. They allow them to do that. I think you talk about those things. You have to be really transparent with these young people. I mean, you can't, you just can't keep things in and just expect them to understand it. You got to, you, to develop a culture where there's communication and understanding about exactly what this staff wants, there has to be discussions and talks about this. And so, you know, maybe they didn't finish like they wanted to. But the, the fact is that I think most of that was based upon expectations. Now, the fact, here's, here's the thing. They, they did not play very well in their last couple of games. Okay? That's what, it's not so much what their record was or they didn't get to the tournament. Is how did they play? How did they play at the end of the year? Not all and, losses are created equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? exactly. And, and so it, it's not so much about their record or maybe even getting to the tournament because at, what is most important is how can, we be, how can we not duplicate or replicate what happened at the end of the year? What can we do to be better? And I think it's more about how they played than any lack of coaching or anything else. It, it just, they just didn't play to what I think, even think their expectations were. And I think a lot of that did lead to just expectations, youth, and, and, and a frustration that seemed to permeate the organization. And now you've got a chance to get a fresh start, clean start, and let's, let's move forward. And you've got some really talented players back who have a strong desire to be successful and win. And I know a coaching staff that does the same. So I, I see this blending, and I see some growth. I think we're going to really be pleased with the product that comes out early on. When you see that first scrimmage, there's going to be a different intensity and mindset than there has been in this previous year with a very young and inexperienced team. Frank Martin, the South Carolina head coach, who was at Kansas State, who beat BYU in the second round, Jim Fredette's uh, junior year in 2010, he was asked a question by an SI uh, kid reporter. What do you like more, attitude or, you know, what matters more, attitude or technique? I think you're getting at that. If, if the attitude is uh, maybe a little different, that could be changed there. And it's interesting because when you, when you kind of flush out a group of guys that graduates, you can kind of start fresh. But you're starting fresh with a very similar group. So that's maybe more of a challenge, right? No, I, I, yeah, it, it is, but I like, I like your thinking. And I think when you're, you're talking about cultures of teams, organization, businesses, government, whatever it might be, and you look at what's important, it, the, the attitude and the mindset are critical. I mean, you watch South Carolina play. You saw how they competed. You saw how Gonzaga competed and North Carolina competed. They, they didn't take a possession off. There were no possessions, okay? They, they played and competed, and even though it wasn't pretty and, it, it, you know, aesthetically, offensively to watch, it may not have been what you wanted, they competed. And I, and I think that's the mindset with this group is going in that we're going to compete, that we have a mindset that we're going to get stops, and we're going to take as much joy coming from a stop or a big rebound rather than the ooh and ah block. That'd be okay? a paradigm shift. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is a total paradigm shift. And so you take that shift and you move it to the, the, that other end of the floor and then you share the ball. And I felt like they shared the ball this year, though. I think what happened is that at, in, in certain games, and Coach Rose alluded to this several times, individually, individually, they felt like they had to take it on themselves. You know, with eight or ten, I'm going I'm to do this. I need to make the play. You know, not, not from a selfish standpoint, but that's just what I need to do. And you can't play that way. You know, you can't play that way. Everything's defined even at the end of the shot clock. And obviously there are times you have to just take a contested shot. But I think that culture, as it's established, it is a paradigm shift. And I think it'll take place and it'll happen. And more than likely, uh, guys got back this week. They'll probably be starting up as soon as school's out with their spring and summer workouts and recruiting. But uh, I, I like the mindset 
that uh, that I think Coach Rose is very familiar with, and I think he'll be very committed to. He knows it. He's talked about it publicly, and uh, I won't be surprised to to see a different group of young men with a, a different attitude and a different commitment to this game and to each other. Lots of work to do, and lots of work will be done soon. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks You're for welcome. coming in. Good to be with you. Steve Cleveland on BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question, which projection is closer to reality? Fox's BYU, a preseason top 25 team, or Lenardi projecting BYU misses the tournament in his initial bracketology? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, more of your tweets, plus big deal, no deal. Love it. Love it. It's my favorite. Jason was on today, so we're like, we got to play, I guess. Plus... UNC robs BYU of a mythical transitive <laughs> national championship. Yeah, you heard me. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag moral victories. Oh, come on. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. It's always excellent to have Green Day on the show for the first time. I have my tickets in August. <laughs> I do, Sana. Uh, when September comes? When September comes. Is it when September s- ends. Oh, yeah. September ends. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I like time. to think positively. I think of it as coming, not just ending. But that's fine. It's just me. <laughs> well, September means football. That's what I like. That's right. Hey, we're uh, the show and uh, content here is on demand anytime, anywhere, Jason. That's right. In fact, if you just missed Steve Cleveland talking about how the Cougars have potential to make the tournament and maybe even win a tournament game, you can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Hey, the apps are free. Take advantage of it, people. Do it. Anytime, anywhere you can watch it. That's right. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Keaton Kringlin of the baseball team earned his third National Player of the Week award as his best week ever continues. He uh, was amazing. Eight for 14, four homers, 14 RBIs last week. So he won uh, College Baseball Magazine and College Sports Madness National Players of the Week. And now the... National College Baseball Writers Players of the Week, Player of the Week as well. That's significant. I don't think we've had a player in the last several years that's won three national awards in the same week. It's yeah, been a long his, time. His week was, he hit 571 last week in four games. That was his batting average. Smoking, dude. 571. Woo. BYU softball ranked 22nd in the latest coaches poll. They will be up in Logan today, taking on Utah State 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU leads that all-time series with the Aggies 35-2. to They're also currently on a 15-game winning streak against Utah State. Fox Sports Sports, Steve Cleveland's favorite media outlet, included <laughs> BYU basketball in its 2017-18 way-too-early top 25 at number 22, Danny Ainge. Fox says that if Eric Mika returns, BYU should start the year in the top 25. What? I do not think it's crazy. On the other end of the spectrum, BYU's not mentioned in ESPN's Joe Lenardi's first look at his bracket for next season. Lenardi does have Gonzaga as a three-seed, St. Mary's as a five and golf, Daniel Summerhays will be in the opening group at tomorrow's Masters. He's set to tee off at his first Masters at 8 Eastern time. Mike Weir will also tee off two groups behind him at 8.22 Eastern. I would say that that is a pretty big deal, but we will define that in our next segment. You know it. It's called Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Uh, Something's thrown out. We declare whether it's a big deal or no deal. Ben, give us number one. 
Big deal, no deal. UNC robs BYU of its mythical transitive national championship. <laughs> what do you think, Jason? I know what you're expecting me to say. <laughs> I'm going to say no deal. Oh, what? No deal. Come I am on. shocked. The only, the only team who is going to get props if Gonzaga won the national championship is Gonzaga. BYU was not going to get props. Yes, they would have been the only loss. But that wasn't going to give BYU anything. I, I know we needed something to grasp a hold to. Yes. No deal. I go big deal. It would have been sweet to be like, Gonzaga was 38 in BYU. That just would have been fun, right? Yeah, but we would have been cool. the only ones saying it. Of course. Who cares what <laughs> other people think? It's we only, do. It's only, you're right. We care a lot. <laughs> Fox. Lenardi. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Keaton Kringlin hits the triple when it comes for National Player of the Week awards. You take this one first. I go big deal. How's it not a big deal to win a national award in something positive? Keaton Kringlin had the, the greatest week of any baseball player on this or any other planet. Keaton Kringlin was amazing. For, he had an inside-the-park homer. I can't tell you how hard that is for a dude that weighs 210. Like, that is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And then three homers on Saturday? That was a fantastic – this is a big deal, easily. Yes, it's a big deal. Of course it is. To be able to get the recognition, not just to be able to have the week that you did, but for those nationally that pay attention to the best performances in college baseball to say it was you, yeah. absolutely it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal, obviously. And no. he's a great guy. He is a great dude. Keter Pops, King Kring. Laser Show. Laser Show, as dubbed by himself. <laughs> Number three. Wait, before we go to three, I got a bit of an issue. Number one, you can't call a guy over 200 or 210 fat. Come on, Jeremy. That's just I not never fair. said those words. Oh, it's hard for a 210 guy to hit our inside the park home run? Come on. Yes, it is. It doesn't happen a lot. How is it not? And how's it a big deal? He already said yesterday before he got the third, it's his best week ever. Save some for later, man. Yeah, well, it's not food storage. You got to eat it now. Good point. <laughs> Number three, big deal, no deal. Daniel Summerhays opening up the Masters tomorrow. I don't, I don't know how it's determined who opens where, but the fact that Daniel Summerhays, one, is playing in his first yes. Masters, and two, is in the opening group, which is pretty cool. I think this is a big deal for Daniel Summerhays. Absolutely, it's a big deal. Oh, for, man, we're agreeing to me. It's the first time he's ever been in the Masters. I mean, this is, for a lot of people, playing in the Masters, this is the pinnacle. The question is opening the Masters, meaning in the first group. Yes, but, but what I'm saying is, first of all, he's in it, okay? Yes. Then you're the opening group mm. in the Masters. You are beginning the Masters. Yeah, that's a huge... I know it's not big deal, no deal, huge deal, but it's a huge deal. Wait, yeah, what's the difference between big and huge? Come on, man. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Amazon purchasing NFL Thursday night streaming rights for next season. I go, no deal. Now I have to pay <laughs> if I don't have Amazon Prime. But, of course, uh, I'll just borrow from my friend's login or something. Uh, no deal. I can watch it on TV. The Thursday night games were garbage anyway. Mm, yeah. They were horrible games. Yeah, it's true. Here's the deal. If I want to watch the horrible game on Thursday night football, I'll turn on the TV. Which I'm is not much paying easier. my $11.99 to watch the Bengals and, you know. I and don't any know. team. Because <laughs> I don't want to watch the you know, Bengals. The Bengals and the Rams wearing their color rush jerseys. Unless Jamal Williams is on No, he's going, to the, he's going to the Chiefs, so that's fine. Is he really? Yeah, we're going to win the so? Super Bowl this year. Too. You texted Andy, you're like, hey. I'm like, I, Andy, my, my BYU uh, you, text group is, is it's uh, Andy, 
It's it's Danny Sorensen, mm-hmm. and I'm going to add Jamal pretty soon. Oh, and uh, uh, Harvey Longy. And Travis Kelso or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no deal. Those are horrible no games deal. on Thursday. That is Big Deal, No Deal, presented by Brady Industries. That segment's a big deal. Yeah, the <laughs> mythical na- transitive national championship. <laughs> Someone, I can't remember who tweeted it out yesterday, but someone said, ah, oh, I wish we had this. And it was a picture of a Photoshop banner <laughs> in the Marriott Center that said, Gonzaga's only loss was to BYU in 2017. <laughs> I was prepared. I may or may not have had a tweet you prepared and- that said, we did it. <laughs> we? You and Braden Shaw? <laughs> I, I love you, you and Spencer have the same amount of uh, teasability with may or may not you never throw the may not part in reality it's always yes you gotta throw that pitch when it's not <laughs> then we never see it coming coming out the cuckoo whip around we know that's coming plus Fox versus Lenardi what's closer to reality is brought to you by Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is live and it's back. I'm Jerem, he's Jason, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. A reminder, the rebroadcast is live, uh, or taped rather, weeknights at 6 Eastern time. <laughs> Sometimes it's live. It was live when it was taped. Yeah, exactly. Which is now, unless you're watching at 6 Eastern. Unless it's 6.47 Eastern time. Did we just... Murph! 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 We just had an interstellar moment. Yeah. Baseball begins a three-game series at Pacific tomorrow night. You can listen to the Batcats on BYU Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Big series at Pacific, uh, live from Stockton. Our Twitter question today, which projection is closer to reality? I always love when we bring this up. <laughs> Foxes BYU, a preseason top 25 team, or Joe Lenardi of ESPN's BYU missing the tournament? Why? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got... Yes, we do at Mohawk Coog fan. BYU top 25 because they beat Gonzaga. Now, now that is kind of where you start, I think, with the conversation. But I'll see your Gonzaga and I'll bring up UVU or any of the other losses that were as bad as Gonzaga was good. What is going to happen when like, BYU like, doesn't you win? You can't just look at Gonzaga. In Spokane. Well, we haven't known for I, I was going to say, three years we haven't known. Corbin Capuzzi's like, I have no clue. Nick Emery's like, I have no I clue. I don't know. It's all I know. Yeah. I just know beating them on their floor. absolutely on night. insane. I would take a win in Vegas, though, over any regular season win over Gonzaga. Uh, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take one Vegas win over Gonzaga over two regular season wins. I really would. At McKay underscore Allen. Easy. When does BYU women's soccer not finish at the top of the league? Hashtag, oh, you mean men's basketball. <laughs> Isn't that funny? There's these other sports where it's just like, yep, Gonzaga, get out of the way. And then men's basketball, it's like, okay, Gonzaga's going to win the league. Uh, St. Mary's, we can hang with you. <laughs> We're coming after you. At AE5LD, if Mika stays and they are healthy, they have top 25 talent and should be ranked. That's what I said. I like- think should is too strong a word. Could is the word I would use. Will. How about you get, Will? You get that BYU hasn't been ranked for six years, right? Yeah, like, that was our stat like, of the day. Should? Yes. How about it's could? Al- can? It's almost 2,200 days. It'll be 2,200 days tomorrow, correct? Yeah. It was 2,199 days since they've been ranked. You know what it took for BYU to be ranked the last time? 
Jimo Dashen, the National Player of the Year. Uh, while we're at it, please call me uh, no. Shepo Dashen. No, I am not doing that. <laughs> Jaso Dashen? That one's kind of fun. Okay. Jaso, Jaso Dashen? No. <laughs> no. Uh, at 86, W.I. Coog. Can I answer this in June? Mm. Want to know about Mika's status with the NBA and the Cougs? If Mika's back, then they should be top should. 25 with tourney win or two. Should people. Should. <laughs> you know what BYU should be next year? Not top 25. Come on. Come on. At you the know, beginning of the year? You know, we were talking about off-season plans with, with Coach Cleveland when he was in studio, and he was talking about all the things that the coaching staff, yes. you know, are, are, are going through right now and, you know, looking at everything. Where can we tweak things? But there, there, to a certain extent, there has to be some sort of a holding pattern because you don't know ultimately what's going to happen with Mika because you, you can't overhaul yeah. things yes. in terms of scheme or whatever if he's coming back. So he's kind of in a weird place right now, the coaching staff, in terms of what can we do right now without knowing ultimately the decision that Mika's going to make. I wonder if you know Mika goes into the Merritt Center and he works out and the other players are there too, and if that's weird or if it's normal. That would, cause, because to me it would be a little weird. It's like, hey, are we going to play together? Or are we not? And the coaching staff, they can't sign a JC guy. Right now, they're one over in Scully's. I expect somebody to transfer because it happens every year. I'm, I'm not going to say who I think that is, but every year, it happens. It, it does. At Soda Cook, depends if Mika comes back or not. This is a top 25 team with him, but without him, I think they will have a similar season to this last one. I think BYU will be better than this last year. In fact, they have to be. Uh, at Fat Pratt 15, and that's PH Fat. Uh, both. <laughs> Lunardi is correct if he's referring to the NIT tourney, and Fox is correct if they're referring to top 25 and number of RMs balling. Well then, yeah, yeah, get the RMs balling in terms of good basketball as opposed to crying, and now we're, now we're talking. You know what I think both ESPN and Fox would agree on? Hmm. Hmm. That we've got the countdown coming up. Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 143. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting to see if you <laughs> sing or not. Every day, that's my. Thing I know Spencer now. likes the 143. Yeah, he wants to lay miss it. Yeah, I, yeah. Which is fine. He's, it's, got, it the, is, he's fine. got the pipes for that. It, it, yeah. Very good. But yeah, 143 days. Listen, Down down to the Vikings. Listen, the thing that convinces me the most that we should do this every day mm-hmm. is not you or even the countdown itself. It's that awesome motion graphic. I just like seeing that. <laughs> Because it's so awesome. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm cool with that. 143. A prime number? I think it's a prime a, number. An Amazon prime number? Uh, what? Coming up, Andrew Heidi meets with a few teams, men's golf in Seattle, and Daniel Summerhays embraces Amen Corner. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. And we needed some help today to explore some ideas. Steve Cleveland was our guest today. We appreciate the time of President Coach Steve Cleveland, strong opinions as always. I always love talking with President Coach. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Keaton Kringlin earned his third National Player of the Week award after receiving awards from Baseball Magazine and College Sports Madness. Kringlin now is the National College Baseball Writers Player of the Week as well. 
Kringlin, all he did was go 8 for 14 with 4 homers and 14 RBIs for the week. Softball. The Cougars are ranked 22nd in the latest coaches poll. Softball plays in Logan today versus Utah State at 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. Eat more chicken. BYU leads the all-time series over the Aggies 35-2 and are currently on a 15-game win streak. That's right. Men's basketball. Fox Sports included BYU in its 2017-2018 way too early top 25 at number 22. BYU says that, uh, or Fox says that if Eric Mika returns to BYU, the Cougars should start the year in the top 25. And on the other Cougars end of the, in the PGA. nope, not yet. On the other end of the spectrum, BYU is not mentioned in the ESPN Joe Lenardi's first look at his bracket for next season. Lenardi has Gonzaga as a three seed, St. Mary's as a five seed. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays will be in the opening group ah! tomorrow. He's set to tee off at his first ah! Masters at 8 Eastern. Michael Weir will also tee off two groups Is that Jim Nance over there in Butler Cabin? Eastern time. Hello, friends. Football. Aaron Wilson of the National Football Post is reporting that former BYU offensive lineman Andrew I Look Amazing Now ID has met with the New England Patriots and the New Orleans Saints ahead of uh, this month's NFL draft. Golf. The men's team finished fifth at the Seattle University Red Hawk Invitational. The team shot 19 ah! over par, but had a great final day shooting minus three. Senior nice. Patrick Fishburne finished ninth overall at one over par. Cougars overseas. Charles Abuo had eight points, two boards, and a steal in a 68-66 win for Denain. Is that the team he plays for, I'm assuming? Our uh, Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter for helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Goes Daniel Summerhays. He's playing in his first Masters tomorrow. In the uh, first group. That's you start awesome. this off. So that that starts at eight Eastern. So he's going to be off the course by the time we start the show. I think tomorrow. So is that'll he be just, great. Going to join us tomorrow then? Probably. Uh, not. That would be nice, right? He's Probably a little not. busy. Twitter question: Which projection is closer to reality? Fox's BYU a preseason top twenty-five or Joe Lenardi's BYU misses the tourney? Why at JN? Whiting. All depends on Mika. I agree. Uh, our elite tweeted today at Melocopter. Lenardi! It's more likely that things stay the same than change. That's one way of looking at it. And that's the way I looked at it, too. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand. BYUSN.com. But Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Jerry Dolman. BYU Hoopster from the 60s, baby. BYU Sports Nation's back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Get a best like Jason. Do it.